Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Project Shadow, my name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, or listening to its companion podcast, Mask of the Gods, available, hopefully, in your favorite podcasting app, and if it's not, let me know, and we'll try to get that fixed. Hi. Okay, so remember when I said that I wanted to do more episodes on Avengers Endgame? That's what we're doing today. And... It will be primarily a spoiler episode, so be warned. I'm going to be talking about the end and some of the ramifications of it, mainly because I've heard a lot of people talking about this, and I don't think they're taking the film's internal logic into effect when they do. So before we get started, if you would... And the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast in general. Please do so. That helps me out a lot, especially if you're listening in iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people, and that would be awesome. So thank you for doing that. So, yeah, I really can't talk about anything in this episode without doing spoilers, so... If you have not seen Avengers Endgame yet, and you do not want spoilers for it, spoilers are incoming in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You've been warned. So, while I see a lot of people talking about the end of Endgame, which is an awkward sentence to say, I must admit, a couple people have been talking about its implications on the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. And it does have them, but I don't believe that it has them in the way that they're thinking. First of all, Marvel can do whatever Marvel wants. So just because I'm going to be talking to you about the internal logic put forth in the movie and how multiverse theory works in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as explained by the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that doesn't mean they actually have to abide by these rules. And some of the people, such as Rob from Comics Explained, who I really take umbrage with his interpretation of how Endgame affects the Marvel multiverse, he's arguing more from comic book logic than from the internal movie logic. So if you want to hear a completely different perspective on this, I would say his is well thought out, even though I completely disagree with him on every point. So just go to YouTube, check out Comics Explained. He's got a video on this. And because I disagree with his interpretation so strongly, it's one of the reasons why I'm doing this episode today. Okay, so I'm not even going to debunk his thing yet. First, I want to explain how the multiverse works according to the MCU. 
And we actually don't have to wonder about this because the Ancient One explains it in the movie. If you remember when she's having her talk with Banner about taking the Infinity Stone, the Time Gem, she actually draws a timeline and explains that once a moment of diversion divergence happens, a new separate timeline is created that branches off from there. And this is why Banner agrees that after they use the Infinity Stones, they'll take them back, put them back in their place, and prevent that from happening. So from the perspective of the, I'm going to call it the Prime Timeline, just for simplicity's sake, from the perspective of that timeline, nothing would have changed. Okay, so you got that? So here's actually what happens. So if you take the logic and take the Ancient One at her word, and for all of the Ancient One's many, many faults, and I will admit that she has quite a few, I I don't think that she was lying or misunderstood how the timeline works when she explained it to Banner, okay? I'm going to take her on her word here. So, technically speaking, according to her, when they went back and took each stone, a separate timeline was created that branched off and went into a different direction. Now, with the agreement, when the stone is replaced, that second timeline doesn't happen okay so for the most part the mcu must happen the way that it happened and we're not technically spanning spawning a whole bunch of separate timelines so even though rocket was able to take the ether out of chain in the middle of dark world on thor the dark world well Steve Rogers sneaks back in and puts it back into Jane, so the events of Thor the Dark World still happen. Okay? You following? This is one of those moments of, you know, you just want to quote David Tennant here, you know, where it's all timey-wimey, (laughs) wibbly-wobbly bits. But it does make its own internal logic. The problem with that is, at least two alternate universes were created in course of the movie two not three rob actually postulates a third one that i do not believe happened so the first is when loki escapes so when loki gets his hands on the tesseract and escapes from shield and from thor shortly after the first battle of new york that would create a separate universe in the multiverse. That created at least a minor blip in the timeline. But, and here's the the big but there, right? It doesn't affect our prime timeline, maybe. Because, as far as we can tell from the events that follow in Endgame, 
nothing in our time was affected by that except for my personal belief that Loki is no longer dead. That I think that was their get out of jail free card for um, Tom Hiddleston and that that's how they're going to be able to bring Loki back in defiance of Thanos's no resurrections this time. No, <laughs> there will be. And it's all going to be related to when Loki got his hands on the space gem somehow. But that may or may not be true. We'll have to see what the Marvel movies do. I do expect to see Loki in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I, I do. If I don't, I don't. And I'm wrong. But I, I expect to see Loki in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But because that is a divergent timeline. Remember, the Ancient One is very clear. That is a divergent timeline. So the timeline splits there. And our timeline goes forward. And Loki does not get the stone. The events happen as we saw them in the movies. In alternate universe, Loki got the Space Stone, escaped after the Battle of New York, and who knows what happened after that. We leave the story and never find out what happened. Okay? So that's alternate universe number one. Alternate universe number two comes into being when Thanos is talking to Nebula. And Nebula glitches and pulls a memory from future Nebula. This is an alteration of the timeline that, according to the logic put forward by the Ancient One, split off a second universe, another universe. So in our universe... That didn't happen. Thanos goes forward and does everything that he did in the movies. And that happens. Okay? In the alternate timeline here, we have a completely different Thanos, Gamora, and Nebula. And all of their minions. It is that Thanos from that alternate universe that was created in that moment when Nebula glitched, that Thanos is the one that comes to Earth and fights in the second battle of New York. And that has to be the case because we know he ultimately gets defeated in uh, the most heart-wrenching snapping, like, in a way... It broke me more than the one in Infinity War, because, man, Tony sacrificing his life like that, that was just, oh my goodness. But that Thanos was a different Thanos from an alternate universe that came into ours. And we can prove that because that Thanos died before he could well te technically he does do the snap but tony steals the gems from him before he actually does it so he doesn't know that he doesn't have the gems and he does the snap and nothing happens but the other thanos the thanos of our prime universe never finds out about nebula never finds out about the future goes about his plans 
just like normal, comes to Earth, does the snapping, and gets decapitated by Thor. It's parallel universe Thanos that comes to Earth and that they fight at the end of the movie. Those are two different Thanos. Thanoses? Thanosai. What is the plural of a Thanos? <laughs> if I wasn't so obsessive with obsessed with language, I probably wouldn't be <laughs> thinking about that right now. But I'm going to say Thanosai. I don't know. Multiple, these two Thanoses, I don't know, are different people from that point. From the point where Thanos 2 discovers that future Nebula will rebel against him. And this also changes Nebula and everyone else, right? So in that alternate universe, the Guardians of the Galaxy may or may not ever form because Thanos is taken out before the Time Stone incident happens. And remember, Captain America, when he repairs everything, he goes back in time to shortly after they knocked out Quill to replace the stone. Which means that in our Prime Universe, Quill wakes up, gets the stone, ends up fighting with the Kree, and time goes on the way it should. We have two universes spawned from two separate events and they are separate universes off to the side because that's how the Ancient One explained it in the movie. And it's Thanos from this second universe that comes into ours to fight with our heroes. That's why the end of the movie does not cause a... um any kind of paradox because if they kill Thanos before Thanos does the snapping, then the snapping never happens except the timelines split prior to guardians of the galaxy happening all the way back then. That's when the timeline split. That's when the parallel universe was created. And so we have a, different Thanos coming in to fight at the end of the movie. That may not ma make sense. That may be a bit confusing, but this is the whole timey-wiminess of it. And while I agree with Rob that comic book multiverse universe works the way that he says it does, I'm accepting the Ancient One and her explanation of timey-wiminess in the MCU. So now... Let's get into the actual topic that inspired this. Rob's theory that Captain America caused the biggest boom boom to the timeline. I don't agree. I don't agree at all. I, I think this was inevitable. I think it was always something that happened. And it's something that fixes so much Marvel continuity that I, I I just can't wait. I, I just, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And you know, you could give us a third season of Agent Carter, 
with her home life with Steve. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. It's not going to happen. But you could do it. Give me a movie. I'll take it. Just make it like a rom-com. I'm fine. I'm, I'm perfectly all right. Anything with more Agent Carter. Because Peggy is so awesome. Okay, so why do I think that this is the one event that did not create a separate parallel timeline? Because we've always been living in that timeline. <laughs> the entire MCU has occurred in a world in which Steve Rogers eventually goes back and marries Peggy Carter. Why do I say that? Because if not, Peggy is creepy and really problematic when it comes to her relationship with her husband. Why do I say that? Okay. We know for a fact in the MCU, it's mentioned a couple times, Peggy met her husband in 1953. They married and they had a life together. We never find out her husband's name. We never see her husband. Her husband is oddly not mentioned at her funeral as either surviving her or having passed before her. We know absolutely nothing about Peggy's husband. But let's think about this for a moment, shall we? So Peggy met her husband in 1953. The other thing that we know is that she, he is indebted to Steve Rogers for having saved his life. Okay, so if that is true, then if it's not Steve from the future coming back, then it has to be either one of the Howling Commandos, which I do not see happening, or it has to be some random soldier that happened to be at one of the battles that happened to be saved by Captain America while he was fighting the Nazis and Hydra. And the problem that I have with that is that all the way through the movies, we get several flashes of Peggy throughout time. So she meets and marries whoever this is, this mystery man, in the 1950s. Okay? So if she meets and marries him in the 1950s, why, throughout the story, when we see her at various points in history, and we do up to and including in Endgame itself, does she still have a picture of Steve Rogers on her desk? It's an old picture. It's a picture of him from the war times. But think about how creepy that would be if, it, if her husband wasn't Steve the whole time. She's married to another guy, but has Steve's picture on her desk and not a picture of her husband. That's creepy. That's weird. That is a strange thing to do. But it's not. Because she has been married to Steve Rogers for the whole time. And that's why she has an old picture of Steve on her desk. Because she can't have a modern picture of Steve. Because then people would know that Steve Rogers is still alive. And no one can know that Steve Rogers is still alive. So, they keep the myth of him dead, frozen, because 
They both know that he's frozen in ice. Steve will not go out adventuring because he knows how the timeline works. He knows. Think about it. He tells himself that Bucky is still alive. He then uses the Mind Stone to erase his own memory. He knows he cannot affect the timeline. And he knows that things go pretty much okay up until the point when he gets awakened. When he gets thawed out. When he gets brought out of the ice. So anything that looks like it could threaten the world won't. Which would severely reduce his desire to go out and punch it. He says at the very end to Sam Wilson and to Bucky, the God's honest truth. He went back and got himself a life. He got himself a life. He lived a normal life where he didn't have to go out superheroing. He didn't have to go out adventuring. He could just live with Peggy. He could play checkers in the park. He could be who he was who he would have been if he hadn't been given the super soldier serum. And that already happened. That already happened. That did not create a separate timeline because it already happened. It was already baked in to the Marvel movies and the Marvel continuity that we had already seen. He was always destined to go back and live with Peggy because their love knows no limits, not even time. That's it. And I, I'm very matter of fact about this, and I will be livid if Marvel proves me wrong on that. Just because it's the only thing that makes sense out of Peggy. Why? Does she have a picture of Steve on her desk throughout history if she's married to somebody who's not Steve? Because, like, I don't care how cool you are with things. Like, that's weird if your spouse has a picture of her dead ex that she just carries around with her and has with her everywhere and does not have a picture of you. This would also explain why Peggy never has children. Because Steve can't have children. He knows that that will affect the timeline. And he knows that Peggy never had kids. And so Peggy can't have kids because they never had kids because that would have affected the timeline. Ta-da! And it's always been there. It's always been there in plain sight. It's a thing that I've been rooting for. You can go back and look at my prediction episodes, everything. I've been talking about this forever, that eventually, somehow, Steve Rogers will go back in time and live out his life with Peggy. And it's not because I ship them or really want them to end up together. It makes certain aspects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe make sense. It just does. So, for all of Rob's bluster about how this affects the SSR and how the SSR becomes shield and all of that. It doesn't affect every anything because Steve knows 
he can't rat out Hydra. Hydra has to do... Everything has to happen the way it happened. Because he doesn't know what's going to happen afterwards. And he made a promise. And remember, Steve is not one who breaks his promises. That, that would, again, be so anathema to his character. But remember, when they decided to do the whole time heist thing, he promises Tony Stark that they will restore the timeline exactly the way it had been up until basically the moment that they're currently in. That way he still gets his life with Pepper and he still gets his daughter Morgan. Steve would not do anything at all that would risk that. He, Civil War already happened. And you can tell in this movie it, just how much of a toll that took on both him and Tony. And he doesn't want to do anything that could hurt Tony. He just doesn't. And for anybody who thinks that he would eventually break his promise, then you just don't understand who Steve Rogers is. That's just a fundamental misunderstanding of the character of Captain America. He is super ultra ultimate good guy. That's why he was picked of all the candidates that they had for the super soldier serum. That's why they picked Steve Rogers, because he was the good guy. He was the guy that they didn't have to worry about. That's why he was picked. So, yeah, he kept the secret. He went back in time. He got to live his life with Peggy. He got to live that life. I can hear you asking, but wait a minute. In Winter Soldier, when Peggy's in the hospital dying... She wakes up and can't believe that Steve is still alive. Okay, let's stop for a minute. She's suffering from apparently Alzheimer's, amongst other things, because she loses her memory. It's completely consistent that, one, she would forget that Steve came back. I've had family members with Alzheimer's. They, They can forget really big moments like that. But two, remember, she's not looking into the face of the guy she spent the last 50 years with. She's not. She's looking at young Steve Rogers. She's looking at Steve Rogers the way he looked, basically, when he went into the ice. She is, from her own perspective, looking at a ghost. Because even if she remembered, even if she had a moment where she remembered Steve having come back and lived an entire life with her, she wouldn't connect that because she's looking at young Steve, not the Steve she had spent all that time with. And that's part of the tragedy of that, in that old Steve knew that he had to stay away because young Steve was going to be there. So he couldn't, like the final tragedy of Captain America's life is he couldn't go to his own beloved, his own true love's funeral because he couldn't risk anybody knowing that he had gone back in time. And finally, 
he's able to go to Tony Stark's funeral. And that's when he hands over the shield to Falcon and names Sam Wilson the new Captain America. And I, I want another Captain America movie now. I, I, need a, I need a Sam Wilson's Captain America movie. But anyway, that's that's what happened. <laughs> At least that's my understanding of what happened. And given the way the Ancient One describes and explains what happens to time when it's changed, I don't see how it can be seen differently. Even though I, I've actually heard several different versions of this. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this. This is my version. This is what I think happened. I hope you liked it. If you did, like I said earlier, please rate this episode if you haven't already. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, you can probably go to Twitter. It's probably the best place to find me. I'm C.E. Dorset over on Twitter. You could always download the Anchor app. Follow Project Shadow and use the voice message button to actually send me a voice message. Keep it clean so I can use it on the show. That would be awesome. That would really make me happy because I'd like this to be more of a community show. And that would be really cool. If you have a buck you can throw my way, that would be really cool. In the show notes, wherever they are in the app you're listening to me on, you'll see a link for Anchor Community Support. If you click that, you can join the project at the $1, $5, or $10 levels. That money helps me out a lot. Helps me do everything that I do. So thank you to everybody who does that. If you don't have any money right now, and you don't feel like giving, I, that's fine. Trust me, I understand that. I am the queen of broke. Um, <laughs> but if you know anybody who think you think would like these episodes, please share it with them. That helps out immensely. So I'm going to be playing around with format a little bit. As you can tell, I did a little bit something different with this episode. I'm curious what you think. Do let me know. You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. And don't forget to check out my other podcast, Mask of the Gods, if you want to hear me telling my story, Crucify My Love. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.